And then as we know, 2008 recession hit. I want to tell you that at this point in my life, I'm in my 30s, early 30s. I had grown this business on pure passion and determination. We were almost at a million dollars. You can imagine the growth that I had over the five years. Like most entrepreneurs, being very reactionary instead of proactive. And when the recession hit, I was in an OS moment. Like, what's happening? I had no idea. I was so naive. I didn't pay attention really to what was happening economically. And found myself in a place where, for about a year, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul, and then both Peter and Paul ran out. To be successful in business or even in life, we cannot avoid making mistakes. I know I don't like to make mistakes, but to be successful, I know I have to make many mistakes. More importantly, though, do we have the humility to admit our mistakes, take a step back, pick up the pieces, and rebuild? Today's episode is the beginning of a new podcast series, Humility and Resilience where I am featuring women founders and CEO who had the experience of a financial fallout during the 2008 financial crisis and other uncontrollable events. What is really inspiring, all these women founders and CEOs, they were willing to look at where did they go wrong? Where were the gaps? What were the lessons learned and how did they rebuild the pieces in an innovative way? I create this podcast series because the current environment we are in today is so uncertain. We are in another recession, just like in 2008. My guest today is Carrie Murphy, CEO and founder of Inspires Living. She is teaching entrepreneurs from around the globe on how to get over their fear, show up authentically on camera, and broadcast their brilliance. Prior to Inspire Living, Carrie owned a talent agency, which she had to close down during the 2008 financial crisis. Carrie had to file personal bankruptcy, move to Los Angeles, pick up the pieces, rebuild her life, and founded a new business with a completely new approach not only in her business model, but also in her financial processes. You're listening to her CEO journey, the business finance podcast for women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Christina Shahli. If you are new here, a big warm welcome. If we are not connected on LinkedIn, please reach out and say hi, because that's where I hang out and share my business finance tips. If you have been listening to this podcast week over week, I want you to know I appreciate you. My podcast won't be around without your support. This is a free weekly show where my guests and I want to inspire you to balance between mission and profit, to create an impact in this world, and to achieve financial equality through your business. Even though the pandemic happened so suddenly, In reality, the talk about recession started long before COVID-19 hits in March. In fact, a recession was bound to happen. The pandemic just made it happen faster. Carrie had a business close to a million dollars when the 2008 financial crisis hit. So revenue was there. But why was she robbing Peter to pay Paul? 
What she experienced, unfortunately, is common for many businesses. They focus only on revenue. Perhaps many of you were in the same situation when the pandemic hit in March. Revenue was there, possibly close to seven figures, just like my guest today. However, what I often said is this. Focusing only on revenue is like focusing on vanity metrics because higher revenue does not always mean higher profitability. I'm going to say that one more time because it is so important. Focusing only on revenue is like focusing on vanity metrics because higher revenue doesn't always mean higher profitability. That's why when I work with my clients, the first step I do is an audit to review and understand exactly where they are now. I don't look at only on their revenue. Numbers tell a story. So when I review the financial story of a business, revenue tells me the story that they are good with marketing and sales. The business is bringing in cash, which is we all want that. However, When I look deeper into their pricing and cost structure to determine product-by-product profitability, that can often tell a very different story altogether. Remember, to amplify your social mission, you cannot do it just by focusing only on revenue. You need profit. Profit is the tool to amplify your social mission in a strategic way. If you are in a situation right now where you realize your focus has only been on revenue, your social mission is stuck, and your business is robbing Paul to pay Peter, get in touch with me. Let's get your business producing profits that will support you in building a business you've been working so hard to build so you can finally amplify your social mission strategically. You can find my contact information in the show notes. Now, let's find out Carrie CEO journey. Carrie Murphy, welcome to her CEO journey. So Carrie, you have been a serial entrepreneur for a long time. Can you please share your journey to this day? I definitely have a little bit of crazy in my DNA as some of my friends call it. I really love love the ability to create businesses and more importantly, Christina, honestly to to inspire people. When I was a little girl, I always wanted to be on camera. I knew I wanted to be on camera. I begged my mom for years to put me into like little modeling and acting classes, which I have to laugh is so funny because I have a four and a half year old now. And guess what she's asking me? Oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mom, I want to be on stage. Mom, I want to perform. I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. Here we go. But anyway, I digress. So when I was about 11 years old, the same age as your son, which I know is a little bit of an awkward time, my mom finally acquiesced and said, okay, fine, I'll put you into this modeling and acting school. Christina, I'll never forget, it was $795 and I had to come up with $100 of my own money, which at 11 is a lot. I went through this modeling and acting school and really fell in love with being on camera and being able to express myself. And fast forward into my 20s, my mom calls me and she says, hey, Carrie, there's a modeling agency for sale. And I said, you know, mom, that's great. But I don't know if I just want to work with models. Like, you know, I'd want to work with actors and talent. And so 
She called me back five minutes later. And this is how I love that no matter where you are right now in the world, no matter where you are in your business, no matter where you are in life, things are lining up for your greatest good, always. And so my mom calls me back and she says, Carrie, you won't believe who it is. And I said, it's Carol, isn't it? Now you and your listeners have no idea who Carol is, but I did. And Carol was the owner of the talent agency I went through as a little girl and worked for out of college. My mom both, we went in and met with her and within 30 days, I bought the talent agency. I'm 27 years old. My mom and I both put in $15,000. I always say, thank the Lord for American Express. (laughs) Took this business over. It was doing about 150,000 at the time. And right when we ended up, when I ended up closing it, my mom was a silent partner. She wasn't involved. It was doing almost a million dollars. And then as we know, 2008 recession hit. Mm -hmm. Christina, I want to tell you that at this point in my life, I'm in my 30s, early 30s. I had grown this business on pure passion and determination. We were almost at a million dollars. You can imagine the growth that I had over the five years. Like most entrepreneurs being very reactionary instead of proactive. And when the recession hit, I was in an OS moment. Like what's happening? I had no idea. I was so naive. I didn't pay attention really to what was happening economically and found myself in a place where for about a year, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. And then both Peter and Paul ran out. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened with Peter and Paul over there, Carrie? (laughs) Yeah, they ran. They're like, I'm out. I have nothing else to give you, Carrie. I'm done. And I was forced like many people are right now with feeling this place of despair and guilt. And I, I'll never forget the day. It was December 6, 2008. I was crying so hard, I couldn't breathe anymore. And I sent an email out to all my talent, my vendors. I had a U-Haul pull up in front of my office. I had a brick and mortar. And I packed everything up that I could, moved out to LA. And it was through that journey of finding myself that Inspired Living was born, which is the business I've had today. I've had it for over 10 years. I passed the five-year itch. But Christina, I love that you talk about finances because I have to tell you, when I owned the talent agency, I ignored them. I knew, I looked in my bank account and made sure I had money, but I was never proactive. I never sought help. I always wanted to do it on my own ego in my 20s, right? Like I can prove myself. I can do this, which is a very different approach than how I run my business today. So let's talk about this a little bit deeper with your modeling agency. You said you didn't look at the numbers, so you completely ignore it. Who did you have in terms of the team? Yeah, I had a bookkeeper, you know, who who reconciled my books every month. And I would look at my numbers, like I would see what our sales were, but I didn't have a budget. I mean, I had her give me a P&L and a balance sheet. I didn't have someone to say, Carrie... You know, what are you doing Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4? You know, um, how are you managing your money? When I actually, in January of 2008, I signed a new lease. I bought all new equipment, hired more people. I had no idea, you know, if I was making the right decision. I was very impulsive. Let's just say that. You know, I was like, if there's money in the account, I'm going to spend it. And as long as it's there, I'm okay. But there was no forward thinking or I had no savings or safety net. You know, I am, I have to say, one of the greatest gifts that God has given me is my optimism and my, my Pollyanna attitude, right? Like everything's <laughs> going to be fine. Yeah. We're going to be okay. It's what makes me a good coach. But also I think that it is why I love inspiring people, but there has to be some real reality, you know, and you have to have a little bit sometimes of an antagonistic approach. Like what if this happens? What if this happens? 
And I did not have that. And so it's still a struggle for me in this business. I'm not going to lie and say everything is, you know, rainbows and lollipops over here, but I do look at things very differently. I have people that help me with my finances and my budget. It's so different. You really have to become financially savvy and be willing to look at your numbers and dissect your numbers. Now, how do you build your business at the beginning? Inspired living, like how did you get started with this one? Well, it's funny because when I moved out to LA, remember, I had nothing. I actually had a spokesperson contract that was my safety net when I moved out here. And about, I'm not kidding, like two weeks after I moved out here, I found out the owner of the business that I signed the contract with was in jail. And there was no money for me to be had. So nothing. I had, I had no safety net moving out here. And I thought I did, right? I thought, Ooh, I have this little cushion from this contract. It's a year. I'll be fine. And then I move out here and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like on top of everything else, I have this to deal with too. And I moved into a house full of Wiccans, which was a whole nother story. Here's what I want to say. I started saying yes to things. Yes to things I wasn't sure of. I really followed my intuition but I got asked to be a personal development trainer. I taught NLP, hypnosis, um, platform and presentation skills in Hong Kong. It was a seven-day training. I really had no idea what I was doing, but I said yes to the opportunity. And through that, people started asking me if I coached. You know, So I would run a training and they'd be like, Carrie, we love you. You know, Can we still work with you? And I would say yes. So Inspired Living started off, and this is going to be very pertinent to how I make money today. Inspired Living started off as a life coaching business. I was out there doing NLP coaching. And again, I was meeting people where they were at. All my clients were pretty much international. I used Skype and I I put together some group coaching, but it was really one-on-one coaching around NLP and life. And then shortly into that, and this is what I think is so important for entrepreneurs right now, that was not my best and highest use. I really, I was good at it. I was not great at it. I I should not have been doing life coaching as a business model and soon found myself running out of steam because I wasn't doing my genius work in the world. So about a year or two in, I found myself very restless saying, you know what? I'm I'm a therapist right now. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And I remember seeing someone online who was using video in the entrepreneurial space that I felt was very cheesy and inauthentic. And I had this light bulb moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have over 30 years of on-camera experience. I can teach entrepreneurs how to be on camera. Hmm. And so here's, here's the takeaway from that is that when I became a specialist at something, when I got super niche and super focused, my business took off like wildfire. Like we doubled in business and continue to every year because there's not as much competition. I stand out. My marketing message is very narrow. Now we do a lot on the back end. We help people build websites, systems, automation, marketing plans, but we don't market that. I market, we teach you how to be on camera and leverage video to grow your business. Mm. Changing that, going from a generalist to a specialist in my industry and having the background to back it up changed everything. And that's how we grew to seven-figure business. There's no way we would have done that if I was a general life coach or a general business coach. And that was the big moment for me, Christina, is that, oh my gosh, this is what I do very well. And this is how I stand out in a herd of people. And more than ever, right now, where you're at, you need to figure out how you stand out. What is your unique differentiator? What do you do better than anyone else? 
And, you know, again, there's 7 billion people on the planet. We're all panicking, but people are still looking for results. People still need help. And they're going to pay more if they know that they're working with an expert versus someone, you know, that is marketing everything, you know? And so I feel like that is really, really important right now. When you left your second business, were you in debt, Carrie? Or were you able to clear all, all your debt? Because I was personally liable for my lease and a lot of other things I had signed on for business credit, when I closed the agency, I had to file personal bankruptcy. And so my debt was cleared. My guilt was high. Um, My shame, my, oh my gosh, who knows about me? I remember moving out here, especially as a host being on camera. What if people find out? What if they found out that I filed bankruptcy? What if they found out, you know, that people are saying bad things about me? It was, God, I just, the the tears. I just remember that time like yesterday. I had a lot of debt when I closed the agency. I'm proud to say right now, I just started using debt again in a very healthy way in my business 10 years later. I've bootstrapped this business. I have no loans. It's just a very different way where before I, I had to leverage debt to make ends meet. Even though this is a very uncertain situation right now, and everybody has to be creative in changing their business model or what they're doing in their business. From the number perspective, what exactly do you do, Carrie? I have someone on my team that we go through finances every month. We look at our budget. We look at our marketing projections. We look at our cash flow. We look at hard costs for events and things that we're doing. Again, things that I had never done before. And yet, I'm still, it's still scary. We're still reinventing. We're pivoting. We know we're taking a lot more online as everyone is. Thank the Lord we had already made this pivot earlier in 2019. We, we took trainings online, but we do a lot of live events and I love them. Actually, they feed my soul like nothing else. And I think that even though we're all going to go virtual for a minute, when we get through this, people will crave right that one-on-one interaction. So I want to tell people, don't, don't throw it all out, right? Like you just have to look at what do I need to do right now? And for some of us, it's just, I need to change my programs to meet people where they're at. Maybe you have a $10,000 program and you need to look at making a $1,000 program. So, you know, it's all numbers. Everything is numbers. When we market online, it's numbers. We're looking at conversion rates. We're looking at what we're putting into ads. So you told me earlier that you have a profit coach. What does this profit coach teach you in terms of the financial planning? Well, it was really like looking at the numbers on a more regular basis, mm-hmm. looking at our products, looking at the hard costs, which is something I didn't really do before. I just said, oh, I'm making money with this, but are you really? You know, you think you are, but looking at what a live event really costs per person. What is the margin there between the program that you're offering and the amount of people you have in the room and the cost of things? So really helping me delineate what everything truly costs instead of just saying, oh yeah, I made money. It's like, did you really make money? <laughs> and what was your profit margin there? So looking at each line, each product line and recognizing the margin within those, looking at my performa, my budget every month, how many people we need to enroll, how many people I need to reach. You know, at the end of the day, everything that we do is numbers. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't look at them in the same way when I owned the talent agency as I do now. Exactly. And then I think that's the critical portion. What would be your advice to women entrepreneurs that right now they're thinking like, ah, what am I going to do? You've been in it, Carrie, before. What would be your best advice for them? 
So I would say that first, like, is your message super, super clear with what you do and how you help people? Then I would do what we just talked about. Look at your line items. Where can you cut things? You know, and you know what I have to say, Christina, too, when I was that year, I knew in the year of 2008, I was in panic mode. Pretty much. I tried to sell my business. I tried to get loans. Like I got into fight or flight, right? That kind of, oh crap moment, which I think a lot of us are right now. Putting your head in the sand is not what you need to do. Right? You need to ask people for help. One of my favorite ILTV interviews is with a gentleman. His name is Glenn Stearns. You have to go to my website and watch his interview. He barely made it through college. He started Stearns Financial, and he also was hit huge in the recession. And he said, you know what? I didn't lose business. And this is the mortgage industry because I called people and they trusted me. And we had a good working relationship. He sold his business for $13 billion. He is the most honest just sweet man who worked his ass off to build his business and kept it during a really hard time because he reached out to people and asked for help. This is not the time to try to show up as superwoman and not ask for help. Call your vendors, see if they'll work with you, call your clients. You know, it's like, don't just sit there and go, Oh my God, I'm, you know, and that's what I did. I, that's kind of what I did until the very end. And then it was too late. So get on the phone with your, you know, your bank, your mortgage broker, your landlord, you know, and ask for help first and foremost. Okay. And look at how you're showing up in the marketplace, have a strong call to action, show up as a leader right now and get people on the phone, talk to people. You know, I think people use video and then just expect the money to come in which, you know, video is amazing, but it's, it's not a money tree, right? You have to still talk to people. You have to convert people. You have to help people. And that is key right now, Christina, is that people get on the phone with people. They reach out more than ever. They don't wait to be discovered, you know? Yes. Yeah. You have to be proactive right now. Yes. And look at what you're offering. Maybe again, you were doing a live event. How do you take it online? Again, how do you meet people where they are right now? And everyone's doing it. So maybe it's, you don't have to completely reinvent the wheel, but maybe it's time to change a spoke. Like, you know what? I've been offering it this way and now I'm going to do it this way for now. Carrie, where can people find you? On my website, inspiredliving.tv, like television, inspiredliving.tv. And then on social, we're everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, Inspired Living or Carrie Murphy. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me here every week at Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for women's entrepreneurs. Head on over to christinashahli.com forward slash Her CEO Journey to subscribe for this podcast. And don't forget to tell other women entrepreneurs that this podcast is available for free in the podcast apps of their choice. Until next time, and let's continue to grow a business that fuels the life that you want to live.